What's up, Jack W Mafia? JP here, here with Josh, hanging out with Joe. We got Joseph Samuel with us tonight. Man, we're going to get right into it, and we're just going to start talking. Joseph, what's going on, man? Samoan Werewolf, um, and this kid is just the future of professional wrestling, and I'm just a million percent behind him. So he's my main focus, and I'd love to go there with him. Um, But uh, uh, the the future is for Jacob in, in Japan, without a doubt. No. Yeah, I think he's going to be a great fit over there. And I know, like, pro wrestling Noah, that's a lot of guys got their kind of, their first international steps with Noah. Like, I know Eddie Edwards, that was his first international tour, was pro wrestling Noah. And uh, pro wrestling Noah is great at prepping the guys for going over there as well. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're under new management now, which is a really interesting, uh, and, and it, it's a real good time to go over there now because, Everything's fresh. Everything's new. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see what's going to happen, especially with MLW uh, over the next uh, few months. Uh, the the amount of wrestlers you're going to see with a talent exchange coming to MLW and vice versa uh, going to, to NOAA. Alexander Hammerstone, who's another PCW Ultra original, uh, he's going to NOAA first. Uh, so he's going to spend a month there. Uh, he's already been over there for Enoki, um, uh, and he was over there when uh, Hanson was there, and, and, and Stan's a friend yeah. of mine, and, and Stan, Stan, you know, I had Stan, you know, look out for him when he went over there and stuff like that, and he did very well on his first tour. He came back and did another one, so this will be Hammerstone's third time going to Japan, um, and I'm really super proud of him. He's also a guy that's that's starting to rev into that, that next gear. And he's, he's, you're going to see a lot from him in the next few years. He's, he's another guy that's the future of professional wrestling. He looks like a million bucks. He can spit on the mic. He can perform in the ring. Um, and he always comes, you know, he's always on 10, you know. So he, he's another guy that, that I'm super excited to be involved with, you know, his development. But with, with the PCW Ultra in August 9th, it's War Beast. And Jacob Vatu versus Eddie Kingston and Homicide in a tag team match. Like, when I, I say Eddie Kingston and Homicide in a tag team match, for me, because I'm old school, man, I'm ROH versus CZW. So when I see yeah. these two together against you two, it really brings that in. It's a full circle. Man, especially in PCW Ultra, it, how big is? You can't really say how big is this match, but how important is something like this? Like you said for for Jacob, I mean, it's it's he's obviously one of those young men you've decided to invest in to say, and that's what we always say. You, as a veteran, you're invested in this young man, right? Absolutely, absolutely. This match is extremely important for for Jacob, but. So is the match against Laparca we just had. So is the match against the Lucha Brothers we just had. This is all, this is all stepping stones for him. So he constantly gets thrown into the deep end of the pool. The funny thing is, is he keeps hitting it out of the park. You know, everything I, I, I try to lace him up and set him up for every single possible thing. And every single time he surprises me with how he reacts to it. Not that I think he's not going to react great to it. He just surprises me at how well he reacts to it. He's just such a natural, gifted, talented athlete. Um, you know, he's however many generations of, of uh, a professional wrestler. Um, 
the interesting thing about this one is it's like I'm I'm an old head and and same with same with homicide and I kind of run the, the the west coast and everybody knows homicide runs the east coast and if you got a Rottweiler you know everybody knows that Eddie Kingston is homicide's Rottweiler and everybody knows that Jacob Fatu is my pit bull so it's a really really cool dynamic it's a really really cool match and you know they're going to have to bring the white sheet for the dead meat on this one, man. It's going to be really brutal. It's going to be really messy. It's going to be really bloody. Katie bar the door. This is going to go all over the building. It's going to go outside, inside, on the roof, on the in the basement. It's going to go through the through the restaurant, through the beer tent, everything. It's going nuts. And, uh, you know, that's what these fans of PCW Ultra have grown to see is War Beast is all violence is legal. And we live up to that every single time we go out there and it just so happens that this time we are facing two of the most violent men in professional wrestling. So, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be not for the, uh, the faint of heart. So out of those, out of the, I'm just going to kind of run down the card. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't want to short sell PCW at all. Sure. Because sure, sure, sure. this, the no quarter card. And just so everybody knows this, listening, like you can really, you can subscribe to PCW ultra. It's four ninety nine a month. You can rent it. Which is the show? You can rent this show, No Quarter, for two dollars ninety nine cents. But the dude, the cool thing is, you can buy this thing for ten bucks for nine dollars ninety nine cents. You can own this. Yeah, like that's literally where PC. Started, we we also just started a, a brand new weekly show called Mutiny on YouTube, and that's all linked to PCWUltra.com. And Mutiny, we just did our second episode. Our third episode is gonna is gonna air this Friday, and we've just been getting rave reviews on the production value of it and, and, and how professionally it's, it's being shot, uh, for an independent company. It's, it's above and beyond. So you want to check that out. It's a weekly, uh, we're trying to tell episodic, uh, stories. Um, you know, so it, it gives us, it's just another tool for us to, 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 uh, progress our storylines and for everybody to see the type of athletes we have, the type of production we have, the type of fans we have, the setup we have, and just everything really uh, uh, what PCW Ultra offers. And you can find that every week on YouTube, and it's always just like everything else we have linked to PCWUltra.com, and it's all super organized, super easy to follow, never has dead links, updated up to the minute, and just rocking and rolling 24-7. No, it's, it's probably one of the it's better than our website. It's probably one of the tightest. It's probably one of the tightest pro wrestling websites that are out there because like when you go, you can scroll down, but you see, I mean, you literally see the card. You can see, you can rent, you can buy. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to run this card down again, JP, just because I know you want to react to the last one. And I'm going to react to it too, because I might just quit my job and leave. Um, so Mel, Mel Moretis and Danny Math, like how the fuck do you hold those two in the same ring, let alone the same building? Jake yeah, Atlas that, and TJ 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 fucking Perkins. I mean, seriously, Artemis Spencer and Matt Seidel. The, you yeah. know what? Artemis Spencer is the same. Is he's in the same spot right now that Brian Pillman Jr. was in when we talked to him a year ago, and he's competing against the same guy just in a different spot. That's what's fucking yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Brian Pillman Jr. on the card, Douglas Jake yep. and Shaft, dude. Shafts. He's <laughs> a fave. He's a fave. It, w- w- yeah, he's a bad Shaft's real, man. right? Yeah, Shaft's a bad motherfucker, man. The last then, show, Shaft was chucking people into the eighth row. 
I'm not lying. <laughs> you, can, you, can watch, you can watch it. The last episode of Mutiny just uh, last Friday showed the Shaft match from last show, and he's literally there's 1,200 people screaming, and and Shaft is literally throwing people into the eighth row from inside the guardrails. Hashtag U.S. Navy. You're gonna want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, Navy all the way. The last match is the one that I'm fucking marking out on. Tessa Blanchard and Sumi Sakai. Are you serious? Right. Yeah, it's going to be dope. Like that, That's got like real potential, and no offense to you guys or anyone else on the card. That match alone has potential to just be match of the night. Dude, that's the thing about PCW Ultra, is like every single match has potential to be match of the night. Everybody loves each other in that locker room, but it is a very competitive environment. Like, we are all cool. We help each other out. But these matches, and if you look at all the matches, and you, you also, you guys forgot about uh, Daga versus Puma King. So that's going to be a Lucha yes. Libre match. So the, if you look at Danny Moff and, and, and Bill, I mean, you're talking Hoff fight to the max. Then you're looking at Jake Atlas against TJ Perkins. You're going to see the most beautiful athletic moves that you've ever seen in your life. Then you got Artemis against Seidel. This is going to be athletic and technical. It's going to be absolutely incredible. You got Sumi against, against uh, uh, Tessa. You're going to see the two of the best women to ever do it. Then you're going to have this three-way. You got two high flyers. One is a MMA. Uh, he's had 12 fights. He was trained by Eddie Bravo. The dude's undefeated in all 12 fights. He's become a great professional wrestler. Just got signed by by MLW. Then you have the second generation Brian Pillman Jr., who's a gimmick. He's he's over the top, full of charisma, and they're facing Shaft, one of the baddest son of a bitches ever. And then you got a Lucha Libre Spectacular with Daga and, and Puma King. So everybody has their own lane. Everybody has a chance to shine. Everybody has a chance to blow it out the water, and nobody trips over each other's dick. Like everybody has a, you know, can just go on 10 at their respected style. And that's why PCW Ultra is such a badass company because a family of five can walk in the door and they all walk away with a different wrestler. And then if you want to see a legend, you want to take photos with, with the beautiful Kelly Kelly, you've got a star like her there. And we, we always have somebody that like is real, you know, we don't have just like anybody. We have Kelly Kelly, we have Muda, we have Hanson, you know, we have really, really big names. So, so the collectors have a way, you know, uh, you know, to, to, to sign their books, to sign cards, to sign, you know, anything, get a photograph in ring. Um, so it's a really, it's a really well thought out, well put on show that I'm extremely proud to be a part of. Switch, JP, I want to get back to MLW a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. Sure. What, um, I, I don't know how to ask this other than just to ask it. Um, Do it. When, when you're, what's the difference between the Defy crowd and the MLW crowd? Because there's a, va- it's a different, it's, it's the South and it's just, it's just, what's the difference between the two if you can sum it up? Well, I mean, you, you have the, the Defy crowd, which is a regional crowd. So they're always going to be there. It's a home crowd. It's a home base. MLW is a traveling show. So MLW has the, you know, they have the television so people can keep track of it, but you're dealing with different crowd personalities with MLW. 
Chicago is much different than Dallas. Dallas is much different than for, uh, than Florida. Florida is much different than New York. You know, so even though a lot of everybody from New York is in Florida and vice versa, but uh, you know, you're dealing with these different crowds, which is really good for guys like Douglas James. It's really good for guys like Brian Pillman Jr. Guys that are in today's landscape, it's easier to get around. I, I broke it in, in in I started in 1997. I started training, so you know it's in the late 90s. You know you didn't really get flown out anywhere. I mean, it just wasn't wasn't done. Today, everybody's getting flown around the country. Uh, not everybody, but 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 a lot of people are. But there is that select group of people that have not broke out in that way yet. So uh, for a guy like Douglas James, who has wrestled in let's say six to 10 states or something like that. It's really great for a guy like that to get out and experience all these different crowds, uh, you know, to see how raucous uh, Chicago is, you know, to feel these crowds and to work in front of these crowds. And it really ups their, their, their work rate, if you will, or their, 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 uh, you know, it, it really sharpens that muscle of, of, what to do where, how to, how to differentiate between these different crowds. It's, it's a really good tool for them, not to mention the fact they get to learn how to work TV, um, you know, which is an extremely important skill in, in our business. And, uh, and yeah, and, and, and the, the level of talent they get to work, you know, that's another thing is, you know, you're dealing with some of the best cats in the world, although so does Defy and so does PCW Ultra have, have similar rosters of, of really great wrestlers. But, um, you know, now you're getting guys from, you know, Japan coming in, you're getting guys from Mexico coming in, uh, you're getting these opportunities to, to travel to these, these different countries, you know, you know, in the, in the very immediate future. So, Yes, it's it's they're completely different. Uh it's it's the same same uh same business but uh but very very different companies. I'm going to I don't want to get into any fourth wall shit. I I don't we don't do that. But okay. I my my question is is how integral and I I didn't I kind of asked this question to Jacob earlier but how in, instrumental is Selena De La Renta in MLW and what she does for the show? You know, I think that she is an incredible talent. Are, are you asking like, like, what does she do beyond talent on the in the in the? Right. I mean, as far I mean, she's she's constantly traveling. I mean, she's four o'clock here, Chicago there, and you hit on yeah, it. It's yeah. it's it's got to be extremely stressful to try and and put a show together, not only just dependent on the talent that you have and that's available and what's going on, but also the location. I mean, that's huge, right? Yeah. I mean, Selena is a very, very different kind of, uh, she's a very unique personality. She is incredible at her job. Um, one of the best I've seen at the mic at her age or at most other ages. I mean, she's extremely good very, very early on in her career as a, as a, as a wrestling talent, uh, you know, in the professional wrestling business. Um, and she is a very hard worker. She's a businesswoman. She's extremely talented, extremely smart, um, very headstrong. She knows what she wants. She's a pleasure to work with. Uh, I like dealing with people that are very upfront. I like dealing with people that aren't full of shit. 
you know, she's going to tell you what she thinks, and that's that, and you're going to tell her what, and I think she appreciates that as well. Uh, but she's, <clears throat> excuse me, she's an integral part of the company, and um, I'm really happy to work with her. I, I like her a lot. Um, she's somebody that takes a while to warm up around her. She it takes a while for her to like you. Um, I am an old school guy and I have a lot of years. So normally I would be somebody that she would have to warm up to me, but the way she carries herself and the, and, and the, 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 the gifts that she possesses, um, you know, you immediately have respect for her and I have, and I do. So, so me and her get on really, really well. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know, uh, much more how to answer the question, but she's, she's an integral part of the company and she's a huge asset and, um, any company I am a part of, I would welcome uh, a talent and a businesswoman such as, uh, Selena to be involved in because she's just, she's a badass. I mean, to just, to just be frank about it, you know, do you, this is something that we kind of debated about two years ago and we had kind of hoped we just got we got lucky again is the only way I can put this. With AEW coming on the scene, MLW doing what you guys do, you've got Impact doing what they do, you've you've got the WWE being being what they are. Do you kind of foresee even ha- even bring Noah on board? Do you kind of foresee the territories being a bigger thing and bringing belts to different places and defending them in different spots? You know, I think that. The, the territories as we knew them is a time that's that's gone. Uh, do I think that we're going to have belts, uh, you know, maneuvering through companies and all that? Sure. I don't I don't think that that really happened uh, in the territories beyond like the traveling champion, like the NWA championship. Um, like you know you, you you know I guess I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, just the NWA. I mean, when, when, when that kind of settled down and, and then, you know, you know, uh, New York broke off and all that. And, and even, even before, uh, Vince Jr. Um, uh, you know, uh, there, there wasn't, the NWA was really the only glue that really, I mean, and then the AWA was on their own and all that. It, so that, that time was, was, was that time. And I don't know if there's going to be one title belt that's going to link every, company together i don't see that but i do see like a regional structure where you know you know you know uh you know there, there's a there's there's a guy in one spot a guy like like seattle They're like we're already seeing that where we're seattle is big with the five we're big in la i don't think the business is ever going to get the i don't think these smaller companies is ever going to get that huge business that they used to get back in the day and i, and I think that's only because there's just so much stuff to do um, AEW, we're really going to have to see how that settles. It's starting off, um, it's starting off like the way it looks as far as the, the, the company and the money behind it and all that. And, and the buzz that looks really, really good as far as the product. I think that's going to shape more and more and more as we move forward. Um, I think they are listening to people that, that are being very verbal, uh, I think they're 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 trying their best. I think there's a lot of guys doing stuff for the first time there, but I think that they have the money uh, to make mistakes and 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 come back from it. Um, the TNAs of the world or impacts of the world, I'm not really. I think they 
Ring of Honor and and others like them are suffering from the lack of getting their product out. I think that's a big deal with MLW is the fact that you can see their product on YouTube, so it's accessible to the world. I think that's a huge reason for their success. Um, uh, but but having a territory system, I don't think it'll ever uh, mirror uh, what it once was. I just I just uh, you know there's just you know, there's just too much going on, too too much stuff happening, the Internet and, and all that. The Internet links some stuff, but uh, it, it's just – and it's really hard for people to work together uh, really, really close. Triple-A and CML, right? Yeah, it's like it's always – you always <laughs> see it. It starts. It's a good idea, and then, and then you know, it, it, this is such an ego-driven business. I mean, the, the best way – I work together with a lot of people – and the way I work together with people is I just have this very, very simple rule, and that's businesses. We Two people come in, they shake hands, and they walk away happy. And if they don't walk away happy, they're never coming back to shake hands again. So I just try that. I just am very, very, very simple, simplistic uh, in my approach, and I make sure that I'm valuable to somebody else, and if they're valuable to me, I make sure not to exploit them. I uh, make sure that if there's, you know, if there's food, we we both eat, and whenever there's more food to come, we all share it again, and everybody gets a taste, and and that's the way to do it. But it's really really hard because everybody, you know, there's not a lot of companies that have a lot of uh, access to a lot of resources, so it's really really difficult because most of the time, you know, you know, resources are very lopsided. There's you know, there's sometimes you'll get with a company and they have what you need and you have what they need. And, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, you guys can shake hands and move forward together. But even then, uh, a lot of times, you know, egos just really ruin things. So you, you've got to put your ego aside. You got to have something to offer and you got to do good business and you just got to be a good hearted person. And, and then you got to find somebody that's like-minded. So it's, it's difficult. Uh, and the only reason I asked about the territories is because we've we've also discussed it's almost like having uh, you got the big leagues, you got triple A, you got double A, and then you got single A. And yeah. that's kind of it's not really a territory debate. It's more of a it's it's a step up system. Right. Yeah. The problem is, is there's so many. There's, it would be nice, and you know, you can't regulate everything and everything. But it would be nice if it was that simple, and it was just <laughs> if there was just different tiers, and you graduated to the next, and graduated to the next. That that would be really good. But unfortunately, pro wrestling sometimes is like little league, and everybody can play, and that's not always can you know do to a uh, healthy environment for for uh, when when you know as it pertains to business. So, you know, sometimes that just, you know, it it would be nice if there was, hey, everybody, this is the way we're doing it. WWE is is on top, and then next comes New Japan, and blah, 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 and then next is that and that, and you go from here to here to here to here, and you make your way up, but then there would have to be a ruler, then there would have to be rules, then people would have to adhere to these rules, then people would have to be penalized when they break the rules, and it's just, this is never going to happen. It would be nice, but it's just, it's not really going to happen. I mean, that kind of used to be the way if you broke the rules, you had to face the quote-unquote wrestling right. court. Well, 
that's exactly how it used to be. It's like you would literally, you know, if, if I mean, the the other thing, too, was if you didn't like kind of what was going on, you could always go, you know, haul ass and go somewhere else. Um, but it's just all of that has just been destroyed. So it's it's just such a different thing now. And like. I don't know, man. It's, it's, you know, and then the best thing about AEW or any of these other companies is the fact that the boys and the girls are going to get paid. So, you know, there's the fact that there's competition means that you're able to negotiate. So, so that's really the best part of, uh, of the, of the competition. Hopefully AEW can really stick around and really do something and really pose a threat because that'll, you know, everybody says competition is good and blah, blah. Well, of course it'll, it'll, you know, It'll uh, make the WWE step up their game. It'll it'll uh, ma- allow the boys to negotiate money. Um, but don't get it twisted. WWE's Coca Cola. They ain't ever going anywhere. I mean, I, there's there's no way that that anybody's going to. There's gonna no debate that. You, yeah, there's no debate from yeah. us either. That's that's just the way it is. Yeah, Our, their roots are too deep in the entire world. They're they're into everything. It's, there's no way you're going to come in and topple them. Especially, it's like they see you coming. I mean, you're you're you're. It's just not going to happen. And I guess that's there's a difference. And correct me if I'm wrong. There's a difference between sports entertainment and professional wrestling. Uh, you know, I believe that that used to be true, and now it's. I don't know what's going on now with, with a lot of us. Like, like, I don't like to be talked to as if I'm over the hill or I'm this or I'm that or the business evolves. Man, and, and before we go any further, yeah, I just want to uh, say about Harley Race. Uh, we lost Harley Race today, who was the, the, the most man's man in the history of professional wrestling, the greatest wrestler on God's green earth, uh, one of my all-time favorites. When I first started watching wrestling, Harley Race was the world champion. He will always be the world champion in my book. Uh, but guys like Harley Race, they're gone. Guys like Bruiser Brody are gone. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's what guys like me saw as a kid and we don't want to emulate. Like That's the type of professional wrestling that, that – that I like. I don't like the new age of, Hey, we're not trying. Hey, this is that. Hey, we're going to kick people in the shins and they're, they're going to sell it. We're going to do a matrix spot. And Hey, that's cool. You can do that. And I'm not trying to say that that's not, you know, some sort of art or some sort of whatever, but I don't think that's pro wrestling. Uh, but it's just, it's just kind of all mixing and it's just all, uh, just denigrating the original, um, you know, the original uh, 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 formulas of, of the business. And I, I don't like, you know, the new style in that regard. There's plenty of guys in the new style, the ricochets, the, the athleticism with psychology, I believe, is the, is the future of wrestling. The, hey, everybody, this is, this is, you know, we're all phony and we're going to do a phony promo just to do a phony promo to act like we're doing a phony promo so everybody watches or everybody laughs or we're going to, we're going to do a matrix spot or we're going to go in slow motion. I don't think that's pro wrestling. And I, I get people that debate that. And, um, I just, I'll never, ever, 
buy that argument that that's pro wrestling. I just I, and hey, that I'm not saying that that's not that they don't have the right to do that. Let them do that. That's fine. It's just it'll never be in something. I'll I, I would never be involved in something like that. Not because it's any, not because of anything besides I don't feel that that's pro wrestling. So um, I respect Japanese wrestling. I respect Jack and Jerry Briscoe. I respect the Funks. I respect Harley. On and on and on. Dusty. You know uh, all these greats when wrestling was wrestling. When 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 there was drama. When 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 you paid a ticket because you know you were emotionally connected to these people. When when you wanted to see what was going to happen next. You know not not because somebody's going to poop in their hand and throw it at the other guy. I mean, that's if I wanted to go to a Gigi Allen concert, I would have done it. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or the, or like, you know, somebody's going to, I mean, when somebody slings a tampon at somebody else and then there's a million people that jump on that and say, she's got every right to do that. That's fine. She has every right to do that. I just say, what would Bruiser Brody do? What would what would Bruiser Brody do if somebody slung poop at him? He'd beat their freaking head off, you know. And that's that's what I would do. So I mean, nobody tries that sort of stuff with me and Jacob Fatu. And if they do, well, we'll see what'll happen. So that's not our our uh, that's not our cup of tea, you know. So no dip flip. When we when we had Jacob on, he was mentioning how when you you and him got together. There was some heat between you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, there. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say there was heat. It was like me and he wanted to come on with me, and we. He was very new age in his thinking, and I am very old school, and I don't give anything away. Uh, meaning, I don't give you. Uh, extra money. I don't give you. I don't give you extra attention. I don't give you anything. You have to earn it. Um, when I broke into pro wrestling, I had to earn it. I had to earn everything. I two three years in the business. I got to Puerto Rico uh, through Luke Williams and John Tenta, and I had to earn that. I didn't just. They didn't just give it to me. So, uh, you know, I, I I me and him are very alpha. Um, we, you know, we banged heads a little bit and, um, you know, he's a big, scary Samoan and, you know, he's the last person I want to fight. And he's the, he's the first person I want on my side at the bar, at the bar fight. And we've had a few already and I'm glad Fatu's my friend. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, we, we just, we just kind of, we, we beat heads in the beginning and then he saw right away that I was straight and he saw right away that I'm that I'm, I'm fair. And he saw right away that I was there to help him. And he saw right away that I was there to lace him up and let him un- and try to teach him about his value and try to teach him about how to live on the road and try to try to just lace him up with everything. And I always tell Jacob, I say, uh, you know, he's like, how do you know this? Or how do you know that? Or, or why did you teach me this? Or why did you teach me that? I said, everything I know, somebody told me. Like, I didn't just come up with this stuff. Everything I know, either a veteran taught me a lesson, made me fall on my face, uh, you know, told me straight up, laced me up at a bar, you know, however it was, I was told this language by people who respected me enough because I earned it. So uh, that's the same thing with him. So so me and him, like, 
I mean, at first we got off to a little bit of a rocky start, but he is my brother, man. Me and he's one of my absolute favorite people. I mean, I've been on this earth for 45 years, and Jacob Fatu is in the 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 top 10 of my favorite people I've ever met, you know, in this lifetime. I mean, I love him to death. And, um, you know, he's just one of the best dudes out there. And uh, we got it straight now, that's for sure, because we are killing it together. And, yeah, um, yeah, we do real well together, me and him. I, we've got something, like, coming out of out of Seattle, coming out of out of Arizona and, and, and L.A., we, we, we've got something. I don't know what it is. You know, it, it don't look pretty, that's for sure. It, 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 you get, it looks you get like some it belts with you. <laughs> yeah, it don't look pretty what we do, and that's for sure, but it works, you know. So, so it what is I what like it is. Yeah. You guys don't do, you're not working for like PCW Ultra and then working for the company down the street the next week. You guys are actually like making no. towns and doing yeah, a ton we, of traveling. We're loyal to to the companies we work for, too. So, like, for instance, if we're working for somebody in Seattle, like Defy, we're not going down the street and working for their competition. Like, and that's, that's another thing, that I, that some wisdom I'm, I'm, I'm giving to him. It's like, it's not about scooping up all these dates. It's about making relationships. I've been around for 21 years. Uh, I didn't stay around for 21 years because I, I didn't know what I'm doing. You know, I know how to keep one foot in front of the other. I know how to stay steady. I Like, when I worked for Carlos Colon in Puerto Rico, and then I changed my gimmick, and he wasn't using me. I asked, and then Savio Vega worked for the the competition IWA. He was running IWA, and he wanted to use me. The first thing I did was I went to I went to Carlos, and I said, "Hey, man, if you'd like to use me, I'm I have loyalty to you. But if you don't, Savio's asking me." And I was a hundred percent honest. And wrestlers are usually not. And then I let them know that somebody else wanted me, and I wanted to get their blessing. Man, I'm glad I did business that way because, you know, Carlos was always cool to me before that and after that. And I have a great relationship with Savio Vega to this day. And that's just how, you know, I, I do business, you know, just just to make sure, you know, you're, you're old school, you're doing stuff the right way. I don't want to walk in the locker room. We're, we're in a business with so many crazies and maniacs and, and, and tough guys and, and you know, people can say whatever they want about this business. These, these are the most insane people I've ever met in my life. I don't want to have heat with these people. You know, I don't want to walk into a locker room and some maniac doesn't like me. You know, so so I try to just do good business, and it it does my it does my bank account good. It does my it does my head good, and uh, it, you know it, it keeps me with these relationships, strong relationships with people for for many many years. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like you just hit on it with your bank account. Like there's. Yeah, the Indies are not coming back. The sorry, the territories are not coming back. But in a way, like the independents are so thriving right now, you can make a living on the. There's people that do make a full time living on the independent yeah. wrestling. Yeah, right yeah, now. we make a living. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I've been making a living in wrestling for 21 years, but before this modern, I'd say the last, you know, maybe five to to six years, it was much harder. So, so like, I'm a webmaster, I'm, I'm a Photoshop master, I can print T-shirts, I can make programs, I can, you know, I mean, I remember back in the day, I used to make promo tapes for guys, and I, I would, you know, I mean, just, I figured out how to live off the business early, because I knew that if value, if everybody was happy to see me, I knew I'd always have work. 
you know, so I made myself as valuable as I possibly can, and I I put myself in as many positions as I possibly can, because if something wasn't popping off, something else would, you know, so I just, I, I never wanted to go get a nine-to-five, because this isn't the type of business that you could half-ass, this I see guys that are, they, they, they say that shoot job or whatever, you know, and, and I'm like, all right, whatever. I, I can't be somewhere else. I, I got to have my head in this game 24-7. I, I got I, I can build companies. I can agent people. I can negotiate countries. I can, I can send guys abroad. I can, there's a million different things that I do uh, because this business is all I, is all I want to do. Uh, so, and, and that mentality has kept me in it for so long. And I know that beyond my ring years, I'll stay in it. You know, I, I, now I'm starting to learn television. I'm starting to learn producing. I'm starting to learn all that type of stuff that I, that, that I didn't have. So every time I can get into a room with people that are smarter than me, that know things that I don't know, I just sit under the learning tree and I let them lace me up. So I just got another tool in my belt, you know, and that's, that's just the way. And that's what I'm teaching Jacob too, is like, you know, your body's going to last you, you know, a certain amount of time, and that's that. If you want to stay in this business, you got to figure something else out, and you might as well do it now because by the time it's too late, you know, it's, it's going to be too late to start learning today, you know. And the, you had mentioned that um, this business is all you want to do. What is what is it with, like, the new Italian I see coming up today that where it's almost like a flash in the pan? They don't necessarily want to do it for the love of it as much as it's almost like it's uh, it's almost like a, like, a, like a social media I'm famous getting likes kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's I think so I think it's because I think it's because when we were growing up, it was the sport of kings. I think when we were growing up, we had those moments with Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan and you know, those things just don't happen anymore. You know, those, those moments don't, I mean, the wrestlers, when, when I was a child, all the wrestlers that were huge, like, you know, Savage, Warrior, Hogan, uh, Flair, you know, on and on and on. You can, you can emulate them. You could do Macho Man. Oh yeah. Ric Flair. Woo. Hogan, the thing in the ear, like you, you, they were larger than life. You know, and they had these moments. It, it was just a goal. You know, people are saying this is the golden age or what? I don't know what they're talking about. We have seen the golden age of wrestling, and and oh, the golden shit. age of wrestling. Yeah, the, I mean that was Amen. that was professional wrestling. So, uh, well, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think this might be the golden age of the independent wrestling scene, though. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, the, the independents are coming up, and they're coming up strong. But there's also, I mean, I, when I broke in, it was all about, you know, how to make a living, how to make money. A lot of the wrestlers are making money, but a lot of the promoters aren't making money. So if you look at these shows and they're like, oh, my God, this show is so hot. This show is so hot. They sell out every time. Yeah, well, it's easy to sell out a phone booth. Like, these guys are selling out 150 seaters. You know what I mean? It's like, they're so hot. They're so hot. And it's like man, I know how hard it is to sell out, you know, 1,500 seats, and that's not that big of a deal. I mean, back in the day, they were doing gangbuster business, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, the popularity of it, the popularity on the independents, but show me the money. If you go to Japan now, you don't get these $50,000 tours. 
You know, you don't get those. You don't get that Brody money. You know, so so yeah, it's popular. <laughs> but show me the money. That's what I, I mean. I I want to make make the big money. You know, so I mean, even the WWE is like back in the day when 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 there was the Monday Night Wars. There was a lot of money being thrown around. They were throwing. They were they were sending guys checks who were who were, who were staying at home. I mean, now yeah. it's like you know, without a. That's why I'm, I I want AEW to do something because I mean I don't want. I mean I don't want to get a contract for for you know half you know fifty grand for a year. I don't want to get a contract like that. That's some shit money. You know, that's I. You know, you're an entertainer beating out your body traveling. I I wouldn't get you know I, that travel is the job. That travel's brutal, dude. It's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, and if you're going to do, I mean, dude, we just came off a loop. Me and my wife had this great idea to go on a, uh, uh, like a 15-day vacation before my loop. And it was like we had just done wrestling, literally got off the plane, uh, me and Jacob. I got off the plane, went on vacation with my wife for 15 days. We, we road tripped all over the place. I flew all the way cross country back home. The very next day, flew all the way cross country to, to do TV in New York. Did TV for three days, flew all the way cross country to Seattle. Did two matches, one of them with freaking La Parca, and then who I love, <laughs> but Jesus, he's, he's a beast, and then came back home. That's nothing. That's nothing. Bro, I was wiped wiped i can't imagine 250 days a year wrestling in the ring compounded with the travel that surrounds it come on man that's crazy you got to get paid for that you know you're 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 just wearing your body out you're wearing your mind out you're aging you're just getting the shit beat out of you you're stressed out of your mind because every day you got to make the rental car you got to make the shuttle you got to make the your wake-up call you got to make tv you got to you know come on man that's crazy you got to get paid for that so now would you take would you take the later NXT money contract, knowing that WWE is within grips at that point, and the money's there? If if I was a younger man, I would consider anything that was put on the table in front of me because I would be a stupid not to do it. Me at my age now, with the way my life is, I've been married to my wife for uh, 16 years, and I have a very good life. Um, never, I'm not, I'm not traveling now. I just, I'm not doing it now. If I, if I had something where I can be doing stuff from home or something like that, which is never going to happen, uh, maybe I would do, you know, office work or something. I like, I like the independent contractor doing my own deal. That's, that's why the independence I think is thriving is because you can be a do it yourself. This is my own business. I can have my own merch. I can have my own life. I can pick my own schedule. That's the beauty of it. And the money is very similar. If you're an independent guy that's doing that's doing a lot of towns and you're making a decent payday, you're going to make probably more than a than a, a guy in next. Now, the guy in next who's young that's getting that big old TV commercial and he's getting all that, you know, he has the possibility to make way more money than you later but you know what if you're not greedy and you and you got a good life and you're making it and you're getting everything you want and you're happy i mean i'd i'd honestly rather do wrestling on my own terms and still see my family and still still you know go to my grocery store and eat dinner with my wife in my house on my table you know what i mean so i mean that's just me though but you know maybe if i was 20 
you know, maybe I'd be completely, you know, I, I probably most definitely have a completely different answer. But, you know, not 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 today. Not not at all. That's for a young man. Who who have been I mean, you obviously wise, we're all about the same age, but you you've obviously had some mentors in your life like you're you're mentoring Jacob right now. I mean, who's who's been some of your mentors both professionally and personally that that's that's helped you get to where you're at right now? Um number 1 without a doubt he's like my father is Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan is uh he's been with me for whew, oh gosh, I've known Kevin for probably 15 18 years something like that. And Kevin is basically taught me the wrestling business. I I I've just I talk a lot obviously. You guys just found that out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> You're good, I'm man. Older, You're good. Yeah, I'm extremely passionate about pro wrestling. Uh, me and Kevin, like I talked, I spoke to Kevin today. Me and I talked to Kevin multiple times a day for you know 18 years. Uh, me and him just have a really great relationship. He's taught me everything uh, that I know, and then everybody else that I that I come into contact with. Terry Funk is another guy that I can call up, um, who is just very important to me. Somebody that you know, he's not my best friend in the world, but Terry certainly always has time for me. Um, uh, Jake Roberts is also another guy that, that, that always has time for me if I ask. Um, but Kevin is like my, my guy, like Kevin stays at my house. I stay at Kevin's house. We're on the road together. We're good, 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 good friends. Um, the other guys, Terry and stuff like that, they're, they're acquaintances and, and, and they, they're very kind, uh, to teach me. Terry says something that's really, really interesting. His dad taught him and his dad taught Eddie Graham and Eddie Graham taught Kevin and Kevin taught me. So when I speak to to Terry, it's like, we speak the same language kid because it's all knowledge from his dad. So it's a really, it's a really cool, um, it's a real cool, uh, you know, family kind of crazy, nutty, wacky family, but it's a really cool, how that knowledge came all the way around. And then years later, I'm working with Terry and uh, just talking to him and, and just, just being able to understand everything he says and being able to speak to him and him understand everything I say. And um, it's just a special thing. But uh, besides that, I mean, learning, I mean, you learn from everyone you ever are in the ring with. You learn from referees, you learn from bad matches you learn from everything so but but my main guys are or my main guy is definitely kevin and 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 uh he's just been there for me the whole time and dude he's the only one in the history of ever that's beaten vince so he's a really good mentor to have now if we were yes. going to go back to the 80s and 90s and i told you that the Come a time when kevin sullivan jake the snake roberts and terry funk would take your phone calls would you believe me yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a charming motherfucker. No, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And 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 if I if I were if, if because they were my three of my absolute favorites, yeah. you know what I mean. So so yeah, Dusty dude. was was another one that was my absolute favorite. But I, I worked with Dusty, um, but Dusty wasn't. Uh, somebody that I was ever close with. I've been around him a little bit, tried to learn from him a little bit, but he, he, 
I, I didn't really get a chance to really learn from him, but uh, but he was somebody at, at a young age that I was in awe of, and Bruiser Brody and and Randy Macho Man Savage were two other ones that I I Macho Man I almost could have worked with because he had something going on in Tampa, but at the time I had just got my my uh, my first gig in in Puerto Rico and I had to go there, so I I, I did that and then. By the time I ended up being, because you stay in Puerto Rico forever and a day, but by the time I came back from Puerto Rico, his thing had already broken up. He had some web TV show back in the day when that was a thing uh, where, you know, oh, we're going to do an internet, you know, show, and it was behind a paywall and all that, and it, yeah. it, it didn't really work out, and it was one of those things that, I mean, there was a million of those back in the day, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, but Macho Man was just incredible, and Brody, I ended up working for. Uh, I worked for Invader, who, who unfortunately killed him, and I also yeah. uh, showered in the shower uh, in in the strangest uh, booking I ever got in my life. I was contracted to go on the island. I believe it was like in 2005, and when I got there, it was at uh, Biomon the stadium. And when I got there, I realized it was for a Bruiser Brody Memorial Cup, and they had just fired Invader. So I guess when they fired Invader, they thought it'd be a good idea to have a Bruiser Brody Memorial Cup. So I found myself uh, in Puerto Rico booked on this thing, and I was like, wow, this is in really poor taste. And then um, the match was, and I didn't know until I got there, it was me, Abdullah, Sabu, Sandman, and May, I don't know if Sandman, but Chicky Star. It was just a bunch of crazies, and then we were all in a cage with weapons. And it just, it was a, it was probably one of the most brutal matches I've ever been in. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. We've had this conversation. We've had this conversation with other guests before, too, JP. I mean, we've got, uh, Several people. It's this is just one more to add to the story. It's amazing. Uh, of the, the the Brody stuff. Yeah, that's such a just a, a strange circumstance in there, and the fact that there were so many witnesses and yet none. You know, Puerto Rico in two thousand and one was the was when I touched touch ground it was the first time I, I touched ground on that island and when I tell you it was like 1970 it was bizarre it felt like I was in a movie it was like 1970 there so I can only imagine what it was like in in 1988 or whenever when when he was murdered um, it was just a really strange strange place they they believed everything so again, I can only imagine what they believed 20 years earlier, or 10, you know, 12 years or 13 years earlier, whenever it was. Um, geez, now that I say that it was 13 years earlier, that in context now, geez, you know, 13, 10, 15 years ago doesn't seem like that big of a deal right now. I didn't realize in that point in time it was only like that, you know, only a decade after that happened. It seemed like a, you know, a lifetime. You know, it's weird. But um, yeah, like the the fans would they you know we couldn't go places there like because they would kill us like we we couldn't we couldn't stop at stoplights at night and uh you know we had to drop you know if we drive to the buildings with with baby faces we had to drop them off uh like a, a mile in, uh, away from the building 
because we couldn't be seen riding together. If we went to the same gym and the baby faces were working out, the heels had to leave. Like it was that wow. kayfabe down there. It was really, really strange. And then IWA started to bubble up and then there was like a Monday night wars then. Uh, and, and it was like, it was the Sundays, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday wars. Cause we had two hours of TV on Saturday, two hours of TV on Sunday, both, both companies. And, uh, and then they did some expose or something on like this, you know, Puerto Rican Oprah style show or something, you know, a daytime TV show. And they did an expose <laughs> and, and basically blew, you know, broke kayfabe on the show. And then business dropped big time. But, um, yeah, it was weird, man. It was business. Like I remember as a kid, not a kid, but I mean, as a young, young wrestler, very, very green. I remember going to stadiums and them being packed. And I just thought, Oh, this is how it is. I'm a wrestler. Uh, I'm in a fully packed stadium. Okay, the, you know. And then I remember <laughs> after that, yeah, I just thought that's that, that was a couple years in the business. Okay, well here you are now. You're in a stadium. That, that that's that's the way it is. And then the business just took a nosedive. And I just remember wrestling. I mean, I you know I had wrestled in crappy places before that. I'd been in the business three years. I was in Florida all through you know working at car lots and all types of you know junky spots. But I remember when I when I you know a couple years later the business just was in the dumps, and I was just like, oh my god, like it, it was just you know you couldn't draw two hundred people anywhere, and it was just it was just a weird. A weird thing. I was like, well, where's all those thousands of people at? Jesus. But going into Puerto Rico and then being, you know, 10,000 people, 14,000 people at a, you know, huge show and you're just like, whoa. Um, but yeah, I got spoiled early. I thought that was, uh, that was the deal. So it really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, we used to have up here in Massachusetts in the 90s, we had one company and it was run by Tony Rumble and he had he would sell out big spots. He would sell a thousand tickets to a show. Yeah. And when he awesome. passed away, I don't know, I think a hundred different companies split off of that then. And at that oh, point there, of course, because now you're oversaturated, yeah. you know, you're lucky to sell two, three hundred tickets at a show. Well, that was the that that's the deal with that. It's like that's that's with the with the rules and all that. It's nice when you have one guy and he's giving everybody work because it's regulated in a way, you know. Yeah, and Tony used to use. I think he used Kevin Sullivan as his booker for a lot too, and that probably oh, helped. Yeah, yeah, Kevin's brilliant. I remember his son, his son, right, Jason. Jason, yep. Yeah, I remember his son, and he he used to come to Florida, and he had the, the he had the hard hat. Oh no, that was so awesome! Oh, did Jason wear the hard hat? The the hard yeah, hat. Yeah, well, was somebody came to yeah, somebody came to IPW in Florida in like the nineties, and I remember he I thought it was Jason Rumble, and he had a hard hat on, like a white hard hat. I only Tony, I only met him like a couple times. Tony used so, to wear yeah. like a baseball helmet when he went down. I know I'm good friends with Jason. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was something. It was something like that. Yeah, my my old when, wrestling brain. I forget. When Jason got adopted by Tony, we'll say he might have uh, he might have taken the hat. He might have worn the helmet for a little bit. Yeah, that's what it must must have been. Because I remember him wearing that. Yeah, it was something a baseball helmet or a hard. I thought it was something. It was white or something. I remember, but I could be wrong. What color it was, but yeah, just that you said that name. I, I always remember hearing Tony Rumble in the in the in the magazines, like in the independent roundups and stuff when I was younger. 
I'd always see yeah. that in the Northeast and stuff. Yeah. Legendary. Up I, here. I never got to him. Yeah. I never got to meet, but I remember like the black hearts were, I was trained by, it was, Oh, that's a funny story is the black heart, Dave Johnson. I don't know if you remember the team, the black hearts, they were, they were managed by Luna Vachon. One was Tom Nash. Yes. And the other one was. Dave. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so they were, they, they were black cowboy hats. No, they wore black stocking masks. They look like rapists. Okay. <laughs> they look yeah. like I don't know. It was a rock band <laughs> called Exciter, and they look like those guys. But Dave Heath Gangrel was one, and Tom Nash was the other. And then Luna was, I believe, Luna and Tom Nash were together. And then Luna went with Dave Heath. There was like massive heat or something. And then, or you know, something like that. And then they got a new black heart, and that was Dave Johnson. And and Dave just recently passed away. But but uh, Dave trained had a big hand in training me. And Dave Heath had a big ch- hand in training uh, Jacob, so we were both trained by the by the Blackhearts, which is really weird, and we didn't even know that until like uh, recently. That's pretty cool. That's a great yeah. connection. Yeah, we had no idea, and we we're like, wait a minute, isn't that? And 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 both of them were brutal. They were they were real brutal. They, I mean, they were whew, until they went to Japan. And they wrestled Spivey and Hanson, and then they weren't the tough guys anymore. Not David, <laughs> Tom Nash. And there's that notorious video. I don't know if you've seen it, where the the blood is pouring out of the side of the stocking mask, and you could see it, and the mask is on his head, but you could see the blood spewing out of it. So I asked Hanson about it. He's like, "Oh yeah, I remember them boys." <laughs> so I got I got one more question before we let you go, man. Talk to me about the moniker, the Almighty Sheik, and where that comes from and kind of what that means to you. Sure. Uh, so um, I was in a tag team called the Market Crashers, and that's where I went to Puerto Rico. It was me and my partner, and it was back when, man, it was like, you're, you, hey, you guys, get a briefcase. Oh, okay, you're the stock market. It was just that's how wrestling was back, in the, back when I broke in. <laughs> so we did that for a while. Uh, we tried to own it and we became black market you know because we were just tired of doing being somebody we weren't but we had a name uh and then my partner decided to, to quit um and he now is a successful he runs his dojo he's an mma guy he's a black belt he's he's really good uh but um so we were in a main event tag team we were main eventing uh you know fip uh which is you know the guys who do evolve uh, yeah. We were main eventing FIP. We were main eventing in Puerto Rico. We were we were a southeastern tag team. We were doing TV with MXPW and and on Sunshine Network, and and we had a nice little run. So when my partner quit, I was like, oh boy, I'm gonna be this one half of the tag team. And I had seen the history where people split apart, and the one guy was trying to keep the half of the tag team, and and it just it just never worked. So I said, you know what? I got to completely reinvent myself. So at the time, uh, people would always go, they they rib me and say, where where were you 9/11 and 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 blah 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 because I have, I, I usually am tan because I love the beach. So I'm usually tan and I have very light eyes. I have very light green eyes. So I look odd, like not odd, like weird, like I look like uh, racially ambiguous. So people are like, what what are you? So people would always ask me. They'd ask me if I was Syrian or if I was if I was uh, uh, Iraqi or whatever. So I whatever, yeah, 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 no big deal. So then I thought to myself, well, perception is reality. 
I should run with this. So I decided to, uh, a friend of mine had a show that he, that no, it was like at a Cuban club, that it was a bought show and nobody, none of our normal fans were going to see. So I just decided to try it on that show. And I didn't have the hooked toe boots. I didn't have anything. And uh, I just had a, a robe. I had, you know, a, a turban and I, a couple things, regular boots and this and that. I got a singlet and I did the deal and it got over. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is something. And it, for some weird reason, it felt really, really natural to me. I was able to be sadistic. All It was just me, no tag team. I was able to just do uh, more focus on, on me being a real prick, and, uh, and it just worked. So then I went to Sabu uh, before I really started to run with it. I said, hey, you know, I've tried this out. It works. I like it. Do you mind if I do it? And I, I was just going to do the chic. And, uh, and Sabu was just like, yeah, man, do, you know, do, do it. That's cool. You got my blessing. No problem. Cause I'm old school. I didn't want to just do it and then end up winding up on a show and then him being hot at me. So, um, so I asked him, he said it was cool. He really, I don't think gave a shit. I think he was like, yeah, whatever kid. Thanks for asking. Who cares? I don't think he thought I'd do anything with it or anything like that. And then I met this guy named Ed Schumann. and Ed Schumann was a promoter in the, in the Midwest and he liked what he saw, he saw me on some shows, but he wanted to kind of fine-tune me. So he told me I need a name like the Noble Sheik, or I need a name like the Original Sheik, or something like that, the Iron Sheik. So I said, okay. So I thought Almighty was just a really, just a dicky way. I, mean, I just thought it was a, it was more of a heel moniker. How dare you be the Almighty Sheik? So um, it really just worked for me, and it... Um, it just blew up. I, I, I ended up, uh, the NWA came over to me and then I ended up getting all these titles, like in a working class fashion. I, I got a state title, a regional title, an intercontinental title, and then the world title. And then I just started going around the world with it. And, um, yeah, it just, it just, it was just something that, that I wanted to stay in that main event picture. And I just decided instead of trying to chug along with what I've done, I figured I would just start over and, I bet on myself and uh, it ended up working out. And then as we got into this more of a PC era, um, a few people like, and hopefully by my demeanor and, and, you know, you can tell that I'm pretty nice guy. I, you know, people were calling me racist and, you know, we started getting that snowflake thing where people were trying to pile up on me. So I was like, fine, I'm not scared to change. I've done it before. So like, at like 18 years or 20, uh, 19 years in the Bay. No, there was like 18 years in the business or something at the time. I just said, screw it. I can do this again. So I just changed to this Joseph character. Joseph's my real name. And then, uh, MLW, uh, contacted me and we were going to do the chic gimmick. And then, um, we ended up just doing this Joseph Samael character, uh, with this contra unit and, uh, it's been working. So I think, you know, if, they're all kind of similar or both of those characters are kind of similar. I'm still, I still wear the hook toe boots. I'm still racially ambiguous. I'm still like a, you know, I've got a chic kind of a look to me. I've got dress boots that are hook toed. Uh, I wear suits and, you know, jewelry and, and, you know, big sunglasses and cigars and all that. And, uh, this basically the same gimmick minus the turban, <laughs> you know, I still have a spike and, fireball and all that good stuff but yeah man it was just uh 
something that that I, I don't really get attached to anything. I'm somebody that I can kind of toss something away. At the time, it really meant a lot to me, and it was a vehicle for me. But when it was time to let it go, it was time to let it go. You know, so I just let it go. Okay. Now, where can people find you on, you know, the Twitters and the Instagrams and stuff? How can people get in touch with you? Well, uh, so all, I mean, the good thing about having a name like Joseph Samael is nobody has it. So all my Twitters, all my Instagram, all that stuff is all Joseph Samael. So it's spelled J-O-S-E-F-S-A-M-A-E-L. What about, like, um, to get merchandise online and that type of thing? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a website, and the website is allviolenceislegal. So it's allviolenceislegal.com, and you can find War Beast. It's got my... my uh, my pro wrestling tees site on there and um and i've got some killer shirts on there really really killer shirts um that sell really well they're really great designs i've got like professional artists that put them all together and stuff and they're really dope and then uh yeah and then uh i always am with pcwultra.com always working for defy in seattle and mlw.com um you can see me on uh, their television every Monday on YouTube or every Friday on BN Sports and every Saturday on Free Sports in Europe. And uh, it's also in Africa and all that. But forgive me, I don't know the times. Uh, but, yeah, you can just go to MLW.com and catch me and Jacob Fatu there. And, uh, yeah. Joseph, thank you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for everything you've done for us the past week. Uh, helping us out with Jacob and stuff. It's been incredible. Uh, Anytime you got anything you need to promote or anything like that, anytime you want to come back on, the door is always open for you. Oh, thank you guys so much, man. I had a great time. I, 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 uh, I like reliving this stuff. It's, it's fun for me as well. Oh, it's thank you, man. Thank you.